Hello and welcome to the Cocktail Hour with me, your host, Erin Folk. The Cocktail Hour is a place where we celebrate the women in business who are shaking shit up. This week we are talking about giving yourself permission to live, grow, explore. And our guest today is Stephanie Smith. Welcome. Hello. Okay, well, I'm so excited. We have never met before today. That is correct. So this is kind of fun because most of our guests, <laughs> we've had one or two I've never met before, but most of them I've met in some sort of capacity. Okay. So I'm excited to see what, Hi, where this goes. And I haven't read through this at all, so I know nothing about you. Uh, we Somebody referred you to us as cool. one of the women we needed to have on here, and Christian does her very thorough research and said, yeah, we got to get her on. That's so, really cool. And I think she tried, you, you had a book out quite a bit. So here you are. Here you are. We blinked our eyes and here you are. So, (laughs) okay. So we just started a new segment. Um, It's called Ask a Boss. Okay. So we're actually now taking questions that people are sending in and answering their anonymous questions here. Nice. So it's kind of like, what was that old segment back in the day where you would, Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Um, yeah, that's a real thing. I like to think we're a little nicer than Dear Abby <laughs> with some real life problems. Like, I don't need to talk about Christmas cards. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go there. Let's just figure this out. <laughs> and the, and the, uh, the proper way to send out your Christmas cards or whatever that stuff is. This is, <laughs> this is business. So it's kind of a cool segment. Starting to get um, questions into our inbox. So we're going to go with one of them. So. Mm-hmm. Our Ask a Boss segment is boss advice for your boss life. In okay. this part of the show, we read an anonymous letter from a lovely listener and share advice on how to manage a work situation. So you ready to dive into it? Let's do it. All right. This subject reads, this week's subject reads, I rejected my boss and now they hate me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, get ready for this. I did peek at this one before him. <laughs> Hi, Aaron. I love the cocktail hour. Thank you. And look forward to your new episode every week. I would love the chance to be featured as a letter on your new Ask a Boss segment. I've been working as a receptionist at a small law firm and love the work that I do, but I have a situation that has made it hard for me because of the people. Well, mainly one person, my boss. When I applied for the job, it was completely professional, at least to me. I was completely clueless when they came out and shared that I was partially hired because I was beautiful. Mm. My boss was interested in me and made it very clear that they wanted to spend some time with me outside of work. I had my own reasons for not wanting to take this professional relationship to another level and made it clear that it was best to keep our relationship strictly professional. Unfortunately, since then, my boss has been treating me differently, worse than before. It seems as though the communication has become cold and work has become more difficult. Is there something that I can do? Should I meet with my boss and talk about it? Do I take the situation as a loss and keep working under these conditions? I would love your advice. Signed, a devoted listener. All right, you cover Mm. that one. How about you start? (laughs) Wow. So, first of all, I think Kudos and congratulations. Never forget why you were there. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's always good that um, she recognizes that um, she got there because of her talent and that the professionalism is leading the way. And so you always have to remember to keep that first. And so what do you do when somebody has crossed that line? I would definitely think about having a, because I'm someone who likes to handle things directly, Mm -hmm. to have a conversation with that person so it can never be said, well, you didn't tell me that you were uncomfortable or that you felt things were weird. Really going up um, and being able to, you know, ask for a few minutes and say, I'd really love to address some things with you. Um, And then sitting down and having that conversation, recognizing, because not addressing it has led you to this space. Yeah. Um, And so at this point, addressing it um, and then but definitely if there's a safety issue, if you feel like being that that would lead you to some 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 lack of safety by being in a closed in room. So being very conscious of that, Mm -hmm. um, I think is super important. But I would address it uh, with the individual um, and then um, 
probably cross-reference that conversation with HR. Yeah. And all, of, I mean, it's always so a risk. Small, it's a small law firm. So, but they have someone. They got someone. There's someone. There's someone. There's some sort of ally. Uh, and, and, you know, you want to go about it in a way. You never, you know, it's, it's hard. You get in these hard situations. You want to maintain that you are able to keep your character intact. So you don't want something. If you're not naturally a messy person, you don't want to approach it in a messy way mm-hmm. as if it's gossip. Because what your goal is, is really to resolve the issue. So that means you got to address it directly to really seek resolution. Um, and so... Uh, that allyship is important. And so if there is someone that this individual feels trusted, you know, and can have that conversation and get some perspective, but you got to address it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know so often people who are in those situations, sometimes they just feel it best to leave. Um, and then how did you make it better for the next person, the yeah. next beautiful yeah. person that comes in line? And so for me, that's just the, the my natural um, thought, you know, you hear it, but you always know when people share their story, there, there is so much depth that is not shared. And so we can you know, sit here and kind of pontificate, which is what this exercise yeah. <laughs> is all about. But we, we don't know, know the whole story. That's right. There's there's a lot to it. Um, and can we bring our whole self. So yeah. we don't even re- recognize what this individual has gone through herself, her own experiences, what a trigger is. Mm-hmm. And so that can impact her ability to really be able to sit down. Um, who knows what her past has been with aggressors yeah. and the last time she may have sat with someone. That's a really good point. So, you know, there's a lot of things to consider. But I think whenever you can do something in concert, with another caring human being, you're going to be better for it. So I would really figure out who can you link up with um, in that space and be an ally or even reach out to one of your coaches, one of your mentors Mm -hmm. to help you navigate the situation. Navigate that for sure. Yeah, but no, you're not alone. I would say also if you're going to sit down with them, I would encourage you to have a mediator in there. That's right. Yeah. I would say never go into that room alone. Mm -hmm. Whether you feel... Whether you feel safe or not, it's just good to have either everything in writing or a third party there yeah. to listen. Um, otherwise, it just becomes a another said, HR mission. That's right. She said, she said, he said, he said. However, however, this is we don't know what it That's is. That's an old different world. Do you know? Remember the show Different World with Whitley yeah, Gilbert? Yeah. So there was an episode where Whitley, Whitley Gilbert went in, and her boss, when she was an art buyer. And her boss flipped it on her and made it seem like she was the harasser. Mm. Uh, so you're right about having that third person or doing it in an open space uh, so that, yep, yeah, so that no one can um, own the story themselves. Yeah. That it becomes this kind of collective story. I recently had somebody walk out, go straight to the unemployment office, but that's here and there, right? <laughs> but in, in their resignation letter, they threw in something that was wildly nothing that mm-hmm. was even a thing right mm-hmm. and but I went straight to my attorney with it because I'm like whoa 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 this, yeah this accusation and um long story you know I they believe this is they were going to use it for unemployment but mm-hmm. I think that made me see really quickly like you just need to have all of that things can go anyway yeah. that's exactly I mean people are made up of all types. I mean, of come completely out of left field I mean completely you're like wait a minute mm-hmm. <laughs> That is like, we don't even have a, a door that's red. You said that I walked through a red door. What are you talking about? But I think that, I mean, like I said, all people, even those that have behaviors that we don't agree with, everybody has a story. Yeah. Um, and everybody has things that have happened um, to them um, and for them. And it impacts what they do. And I know it's really hard to come from a point of compassion for people that ha- have bad behaviors. Um, but I do think it's important 
that even those that we um, want to smack down, they have a story. And so being able to come with that, not that it excuses any behavior, mm -hmm. but we can come from a point of compassion that will help us hopefully resolve it, even if the resolution is that you did something wrong and there's a consequence. I love that you say this. I'm going to go totally off track here, yeah. right? Um, but I love that you say this because I just currently – I just finished up the scale up program are you familiar mm -hmm. with that program mm -hmm. and i made a dear friend and i'm not going to drop her name here she knows who she is I, she's a great friend like we only met four months ago and i know we'll be friends Aww. forever That's and week two um she confided in me that there was an older gentleman in there that um said some stuff she's african-american and mm -hmm. said some stuff that she felt was very out line. thought he was racist mm -hmm. um hated him Hands down, didn't, wanted to quit the program because she was so offended by what he said. And I didn't ever hear what he said. I just heard her side. N what I knew is this guy was from, he's from Denmark, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And he's older. Mm -hmm. And I encouraged her, hey, why don't you just, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to right. be right now in your shoes. Right. I had heard him say a couple things about women. So mm -hmm. I kind of could see, but I, I didn't know. I wasn't there when he said whatever really upset her. Right. I just knew her, her point of view from it. Um, but I said, you can't come, can't go quit this program. Right. Because Not that the whole guy, program. Right. Like, you <laughs> yeah. can't do that. So why don't you just steer clear? We get to choose our own seats. Just, just other side of the room. I'll mm -hmm. sit by you every week. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll be there. And it ended up at the very end. She said, besides you, you know, he's my favorite. And I said, well, and it's because she didn't know his side, right? Mm -hmm. And so he had never even been around. He's been a solopreneur for right. years. So in Denmark right. for years. And then over here right. um, brought his wife from Denmark. So there's just different culture That's stuff. And not that it makes it right what right. he said, but there was just a, like, he just didn't know right. what he didn't know. That's exactly right. And I don't know if she ever told him, hey, some of the stuff I felt was inappropriate. Mm -hmm. Or if she just started seeing that side of, like, maybe he doesn't know. Because right. they ended up friends at the end of it. That's which, good. if you would have seen week two, oh, she wanted to kill him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was very funny because that last at our graduation, she was like, I really like him. And I was like... Yeah, because she, she had opened her eyes up to a right. different view. And I think he probably did, too. Oh, absolutely. Without realizing that's what he was doing. She had to be yeah. conscious of yeah. it. But yeah. I agree that I get real hot at people a lot of times. <laughs> and it's hard for me to look at their point of view. And I've been, like, actively trying to do that. Mm -hmm. And when you can step back and do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it puts you in a position to also, I mean, whenever you take a step to recognize somebody else's humanity, mm -hmm. it always gets you closer to your own. Yeah. And so, and, and right there, I mean, that's always a point of healing. That's yeah. always a point for whatever. I mean, that's why we cry at sentimental videos because somehow it connected us back um, to the most um, humane part of ourselves and, and, and it gives us a chance to heal. I mean, I know like on Facebook, you scrolling down and you see all these stories and there's a lot of um, military uh, little vignettes oh, where people coming home every time. and you're and crying the kid. and the kid and oh. the snowman and all the things. That one, I love that one. But it just reminds us of our humanity and it, and it, it gives us an opportunity to connect. So I think that any time that we can pause for that, still hold people accountable. Accountability mm -hmm. can still be present. Standards can still be present. None of those things have to dissipate because we choose to be more human. We choose to, sh you know, show up with compassion. So, I mean, if we can do that, and it's hard. People get on your nerves. So feelings hard. get hurt. Have you seen the movie The Other Woman on Netflix? No. All right, so Bryce here, I'm okay. sure you saw him. He's the fabulous one walking around, right? He yes. always looks very nice, big, big person. Is that you? <laughs> he, he told me <laughs> to watch The Other Woman. It's not, but... <laughs> What does the other woman sound like? It sounds like she's going to be the other woman to the marriage, yeah. right? 
And I just watched it Sunday morning because I woke up at 3 a.m. And I was like, well, nobody's going to get up with me. But it was incredible because it is a story about cheating. But then it's also a story of how um, the wife that was cheated on comes around as looking from the other point of view, kind of what we're talking about, right? Uh-oh. And in that whole situation of where it, you know, there was there was some life loss and stuff in there. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not going to ruin it for you, <laughs> but... It was it. it was the exact same thing we're talking about, right? Yeah. Even like in that situation where it's over a man, which yeah. is dumb anyway. Well, that's not what. That's I'm some not big get girl on that stuff, sofa. though. Yeah, that's but being able to look at it from each other's point of view yeah. and the exact same thing, and it gave that more human touch and stuff like that. That's so. some big girl stuff. Look, I'm sitting here talking all that. I don't know if I can be that big of a girl. Mm-hmm. Woo! Mm-hmm. Let's hope we never have to find out. <laughs> Shout out to Rodney. Let's hope we never. Is Rodney your husband? That's my husband. <laughs> Listen, uh, we had a few weeks ago, we had my daughter's stepmom on oh, the podcast. Look at you. So um, he, there was no like other woman situation right, there. Right, right. But that was one of the things that it really took me. I think Christian says this was our most emotional podcast. One of our most emotional podcasts. That took a lot of being a big girl on that. I am going to seek that one out. I yeah. want to, I want to hear that seriously. It's good. Yeah. And actually my daughter's better off that she, that she has both of us. Yeah, so yeah. All right. Absolutely. Let's tell people who you are. How about <laughs> we've had a really good conversation. Let's right. tell people who you are. <laughs> All right. As co-founder and managing partner, Stephanie <laughs> is Sofix lead authority on executive project management, organizational structure and design, and operations improvement. She has led a number of efforts to align not-for-profit policy with community investments with a special emphasis on large-scale transformation. Additionally, she serves as chief strategy officer with Nourish KC, an organization committed to ending hunger in greater Kansas City and beyond. Stephanie is engaged in the revitalization of the community by fostering strategic partnerships and leading program innovations. In her previous role as executive director of the Linwoods Y, Stephanie's efforts, along with a team of volunteers and staff, resulted in the successful completion of a 12 million capital campaign. Above all, her work is shaped by a holistic approach to well-being and the belief that equity 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 matters. (laughs) Well, and then I was like, is it equity? Is it equality? Because equality can go there too, right? Yeah, that's that's why I start questioning myself, and then wait a minute. going down a whole road. (laughs) With over 20 years of experience, Stephanie's work has focused on the effects of poverty and oppression. Mm -hmm. In doing so, community revitalization, change management and diversity, equity and inclusion have taken center stage. These involvements have led to her serving on a number of local boards and national committees. Stephanie is a graduate of Fisk University and the University of Tennessee College of Social Work. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. (laughs) All right, so let's start here. Have you seen our website? Have you ever been on our Website. I have been on your website. Oh well, look That's at that! Give her a check one a. That. One That's a. one a. <laughs> have you seen our quote? So David Bird, yes, familiar with. David have you seen? We have a quote from him on there. No, because I when I was first starting this business, I saw that he was speaking somewhere. I think it was Central Exchange, and I went and I sat there, and it said, "If everyone in the room He's is thinking alike, like, then nobody's, nobody's thinking, thinking alike." That's the quote. That's the quote we have on there. And he on says our team that. page. Awesome. Yes, and okay. so. Um, and everyone I have met from that has worked at all with yeah. the Y, my kids are in the Y care program. Okay, there was thank a wait you. list, so I had to go through some channels to get them in. <laughs> so I made hey, quite David. a few people. <laughs> Remember, I made no. a few contacts. <laughs> I believe that everyone I've ever met that works for the Y is very different. Yes, 
Would you agree with that? Yeah, we're, we are a, um, a different bunch. Um, and the thing about the why. Um, different from each other, not yes. different types of people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that too. No, but I mean, it is, it is an interdisciplinary workspace. I mean, it has yeah. to be. So you have people like myself who come from a, um, a, a social sociology perspective and lens. You have people with kinesiology degrees, accounting. I mean, it's really a demonstration of it takes everyone yeah. um, to get things going. And so um, the, I, I've spent 10 years of my career um, with the Y. Oh, wow. Yeah. So December 7th was my last I was day. Say, you just switched over. Yeah, right? I okay. just switched over. And so I am so like super grateful for the things that I've learned. Um, a decade somewhere is a long time. A decade, especially in today's time. Yeah. Like, who does anything for a decade? Yeah. Um, I did. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm hoping to. Right. I, <laughs> I mean, other than, like, being alive and, I guess, now being married for me. Um, yeah. So that was a significant piece. So I'm, like, super grateful. Learned a lot. Uh, I've been fortunate that David has been on my professional journey for that entire time. We worked cool. together in Nashville. Oh, wow. Um, and then. Is that we, where you're from? I'm not. I'm from KCK. I'm Wyandotte. Okay. Wyandotte How'd County. How'd you end up in Nashville? The dot. Um, Fis. Okay. Is that where the school is? Yes. Okay. Fis University. I it like calls Nashville. your name. Oh, God. I love Nashville. I do too. We were in Nashville before the boom. So I got there in 97. Before everyone started thinking. Before Nashville yeah. became the Bachelorette Yeah. Spot. Before Nashville <laughs> became Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was there in 97 and I loved it. I mean, my Fis experience absolutely shaped my life. And then stuck it's, around after college. Oh my God. I went to Vanderbilt and then I went to UT, um, got married. Um, to, it, it's just amazing. Rodney. Rodney. Okay. How long have you been married? It's going on 17 years. Is he from Nashville? <laughs> <laughs> He's not. He's from South Carolina. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. We're, Southern boy. We're, yeah. We are, uh, we call ourselves global citizens. Um, we are like all over, but yeah, he grew up in a small town. He's Gullah. Okay. Um, which is a whole thing. Everybody Google it. Um, I don't know what that is. It what is, it? it is, um, a, a mix of culture of West African okay. culture. Um, people who made the commitment that through um, enslavement times that they were going to hold on to culture and, and, and tongue and their native tongue. So there's a dialect there. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool. I remember meeting his great grandmother. We think she was 104. Oh, wow. Um, but no records. And yeah. And it was just like I didn't I couldn't understand what she was saying. And so but he can understand the language. Um, and so it's a whole nother language. It's a dialect. I mean, oh, it's, wow. it's all of this. It's like this, this, and this all mixed together. Oh, wow. um, but it is it is really a testament to the human Did spirit. Did you know about it before you met him? I didn't. Okay. Well, I, I heard of Geechee people. Okay. Um, but I guess Geechee and Gullah Geechee are just further south, that kind of Georgia, Florida. And then Gullah, I believe. Nobody. Look, I'm going to get some emails about this. Uh, but Gullah is like further up. So my husband's from South Carolina. Okay. Like Polly's, he's not from Polly's Island, but those islands those, that are right off okay. the coast. So oh, wow. Tybee Island. They're really cool places. Like America, we got some really like cool island spots off the coast. Yeah. That's where he's from. That's where he's from. Yeah. Okay, so you grew up here. I grew up in Wyandotte County. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where'd you go to high school? Sumner. Shout Everyone, out to the Listen, Sabres. I have so many friends that went to Sumner. In fact, the girl I was just talking about went to Sumner. Hey. So I'm sure you know her. I've, I'm sure we got a lot of mutual yeah, friends. Yeah, Sumner, good spot. But Sumner, they produced some major entrepreneurs out of that school. On purpose. Was it on purpose on with purpose. their entrepreneurial schools and, or classes? It was an entrepreneurial school, but I think any any learning environment that is 
teaching you to learn and think for yourself mm-hmm. is that you are you are cultivating That's free true. thinkers. You you are you are cultivating social entrepreneurs, and that is what Sumner was. I mean, it there's is. a lot of Kansas City businesses being run by Sumner. Oh, grads. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you you have to take Latin. Oh wow. Um, so you're so I think the key to Sumner and how I'd like to teach my own children is they really focused on teaching you how to learn not just what to learn it wasn't about memorizing certain Mm -hmm. things it was really giving you the tools to be a great thinker to be a critical thinker um and so you take that and you can do anything with that type of mind i was in forensics in high school and we would go to sumner all the time and i do remember they won a lot of stuff (laughs) all of those clubs i was at a gardener so okay what's cool gardener oh. <laughs> very fancy there was only one school there back then so it's just everybody was, went to gardner now i think what we got a few more school? schools gardner uh well i grew up in colorado oh okay yeah well, welcome thank you Look well you. i've been here now for <laughs> 40 years uh, but that's what i remember sumner yeah i remember that that's we because it was a trip to go to sumner from gardner like it was yeah. you're in the car yeah. for a few minutes you got right the car. I uh, but it. i remember they were really good at forensics but now it seems like every yeah. oh, there are so many women i've aligned myself with that graduated from sumner that is really that's that's a really um, great observation. I don't know yeah. that I, and as I think about it and think about the who I was speaking about earlier, she's an entrepreneur. She's my classmate from Sumner. Um, and so absolutely, I think that it has just been, a for me, during that time, I was there from, you start your eighth grade year, so it's a five-year um, learning community, and I was there from 93. I graduated in 97. Okay. And Yeah, yeah. so we know all the same people. So I'm thinking of a caterer, of gym owner. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of a motivational speaker, mm-hmm. a wellness center owner, all off the top of my head, probably all in your graduating yeah. class, right? I'll, I'll, somewhere in that in that five, seven-year yeah. range, the people that all you're right talking there. about, because yeah. I know who you're talking about. Exactly right. <laughs> so, hey, Kansas City. That's another great thing about Kansas City. You better live right, because everybody <laughs> everybody's going to know. There. All right, so how do you know about Fisk University? How'd that get on your radar in high school? Um, God, I really, like, seriously, I feel like, you know, Sumner, we had Duke, we had I mean all all your top schools, of course, KU, you had Brown, Cornell, you had all those institutions coming. And I I come from a historically black college and university family. Okay. Is this a black and, college? Yeah. Okay. This is a HBCU, one of the best. Uh why didn't, <laughs> why didn't I play, I guess. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm really concerned you don't know that. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, but do you know I didn't even graduate college? I went to KU just to just to party. Cheers! Thank you. Here I am hosting the cocktail hour. It all worked out. Um, But I've been in Nashville. Look at you kicking it. Party, yeah. (laughs) On Grand Street, on Second Ave. I got you. I was there. Um, But so a gentleman by the name. This is the power of people. This is why I love human beings. When you live in your purpose and you do what you have been called to do, that unique thing, then that is just how life goes. And if and he stood up in his uniqueness and his ability. His name is Anthony uh, Jones, director of admissions at the time at Fisk University in Nashville. Um, and he came to Sumner Academy. Why? Why did he end up there? Because it's a top-tier school. Okay. And so he Fisk, was just going across the United States? Yep. Fisk okay. recruits from top-tier high schools. Okay. Um, and it was two of us that actually just went to the recruitment meeting. <laughs> oh, 
And I just, everything that he said, I mean, his posture, the way he stood up and the way he just, I mean, shoulders back, chin up. And he was just speaking with such eloquence and he was talking about history and life and purpose. I was like, wherever he's at, I think that's where I need Isn't to be. Isn't crazy that you remember that from Oh, high absolutely. And that's what I'm telling you. That's the power. Yeah. So imagine if all of us stand up in ourselves and just, I mean, just do your personal best. We're not talking about trying to check off somebody else's list, but show up in your personal best, which I feel like that's what AJ was doing. He was standing up in his personal best. That really resonated with me. And I said, that is where I'm going. So no matter, I mean, I had several full ride offers, um, For on academics? Oh, absolutely. And my parents were like... She says absolutely. Like, I, I barely graduated high school. So I was... <laughs> I mean, a sincere know, question. And Sumner, you have to maintain a okay. certain... Otherwise, they will transition you out. Is it a... It is an academic... It is an ac- okay. academic magnet. Is it a private school? Mm-mm. Nope. It's no, just okay. a magnet. Okay. It was, oh, it's a magnet school. It was okay. Kansas City, Kansas... I don't, so can, one of the only magnets okay. there. And Got so it. you have to test in. Gardner, you could just stick around as long as you. Hey, it's an inclusive like you space. You strong <laughs> D minus and you're in forever. So at Sumner, you have to maintain. Um, and if not, they'll transition you okay. to a school. So you had full rides for academic. Did, did you ever? Did they offer you scholarship at Fisker? I got a little bit, but, but no, I ain't getting no full ride. No, I mean, you go there. You What did your parents say about that? They was like, are you crazy? But... Um, <laughs> But they knew, they know me, and they or, or they end up being so supportive. My parents went to Langston University, which is HBCU. Grew um, up parents married the whole time you were growing up? Uh, my parents divorced. My parents were were together for 23 years. They were married for 17 years before they got a divorce. Okay. They have now both since been married again for a whole lifetime, like 20-something yeah. years. Like, these people are, but like, you were, career married people. They were helping you make this decision oh, together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My parents have, and, and still do on occasion, co-parent very well. Cool. <laughs> when they got a parent. <laughs> they co-parent very well. My sister and I, we always feel loved. I have two sisters. Um, but, yeah, so they were just like, how are you going to figure this out? Um, and so Fist is super supportive when I got there. I got money. Um, I still, though, have student loans. Real talk. Everybody does. I still have student loans today. Do you have kids? I have two. Are they, how old are they? They're, they're amazing. Hi, Fee. Hi, Kai. Um, one will be 17, and one just turned 12. Uh, is a 17-year-old looking at going to college? Oh, yeah. Are you requiring college? No. No. Um, Phoenix, I think she requires it of herself. I like her name. Yeah. <laughs> I like the whole story. Um, exactly, it's exactly what you think it is. Her name is Phoenix. It's exactly we thought that she was a goner, and then we blossomed. I, yeah, and then we were like, I was like, oh my god, my stomach is hurting. This is gonna oh, be you gross. Thought you lost her. This is gonna be gross, John. So don't listen. Um, John works with us. Yes, yeah, sorry. He's, he's <laughs> he has on earphones. I'm sorry. And I had passed this huge clot. And I called Rodney. I said, "Were you trying to get pregnant, or did you just get pregnant?" Oh, this was heaven sent. We call it divine. I was not trying. So you weren't planning, buddy. Okay, planning. Okay. My my parents and his parents uh, were not expecting us. We were not married. Okay. Um, Sorry, and I so yeah, no, yeah, it, it all works out. Um, but I called him. I was at work, and I said, "Man, I just." Has this huge clot is this can't be good. I need you to come get me. And he came and got me and we went to the hospital and I was bleeding 
it's really bad. And they were like, oh, we're sorry. You're in the midst of a miscarriage. Let's just go ahead and do this DNC where they, you know, remove all the rest of the remains of the, the fetus. And I was like, mm, no, nah, if it's happening naturally, let's just let it happen. Mm-hmm. They was like, ma'am, it is so important. You got to come back so you won't become septic. That can be a thing. Absolutely. So I went home, rest, pray, my, call my parents, call his parents. And then we ended up going back for the doctor's appointment. How far along were you? Oh, I was, I had to have been like first trimester because okay. it was, it, it, it was Big enough, but it wasn't that big that it like felt like my I was getting ripped open. But yeah. it, it was still l- laborious, right? It was mm-hmm. like, oh, what's that? Yikes! And then bloop. And so, sorry, that was a lot. <laughs> no, you're allowed to do. Your own sound That's fine. And so, anyway, long story short, went there and um, they were like, okay, let's go. I said, no, I would love to have a probe. Can I get a vaginal probe? And they did it, and they saw, and they was like, oh the no. You still, yep. They were like, it's still a, a infant here. It's still a baby. Or not an infant, but it's still a fetus. And I was like, and so we were like, yep, this is a phoenix. Wow. How many days was that after you went the first time? Oh, it was the next day. Oh, it was the next day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just like, let me just go. It was all, it was happening too fast. I felt rushed. And that's another thing about owning your story, you defining your pathway. Yeah. Because what happens is, and I don't know if it's because I was young and black and, a, you know, a woman, of course, I had to be a woman, but uh, <laughs> or what it is. But we know the health disparities, especially as it relates to women of color and how oftentimes your dimensions of diversity really um, predestine what your health care is. And here I was just being automatically pushed to get this DNC to go ahead, you know, let's handle it and all that kind of stuff. And it's like. No. Um, and so I was I was really thankful for Rodney, who stood beside me and was like, no, that's not what she's going to do, you know, because you do need another voice with you. Yeah. because It's so it's crazy. It's so many things going on. Yeah. You're, you're in pain. You're hot. You're scared. It's just you, it's hard to think. And so to have an advocate there um, is so important. And so it was it was a day's different. I just went home and just needed to think and meditate and figure it out. And then when I went back, I was real sure that I wanted to see it myself. Because um, I went to Fist, I got taught by the uh, Dr. Wayman Winbush, who has a lot of conspiracy theories. And so I was one of those people like, wait a minute. My son probably watches them on YouTube if, if he's got a YouTube channel. Yeah, into he, that. he writes all kind of books. And I was like, wait a minute. I need to see if the baby is really gone. What have they tried to prove? Right, I want proof. So that's how that happened. So we end up naming her Phoenix. Yeah. Have you ever had a miscarriage? Um, that was my only almost miscarriage. Our second child so for six years i was either um pregnant or nursing oh for six years so phoenix was oh two and oh four baby jordan okay and then oh six kai my 12 year old so baby jordan a lot of babies there's a lot of babies like what (laughs) especially for somebody that didn't even think she was gonna have kids until she was after 40 (laughs) anyway so um so baby jordan i was pregnant and after all that happened with phoenix i had a smooth pregnancy nothing was ever wrong i worked and ran all the way up to pregnancy so you know was able to maintain my active lifestyle Um, with jordan i was finishing my master's uh, at uh uh, UT University of Tennessee um, and that day I had been leaning over because I was doing a home exam and I was like man my stomach was cramping I was 20 
two weeks, 20, okay. 21 weeks, maybe. Uh, halfway there. Yeah. And I was like, man, I am cramping. Maybe because I've been leaning over. Let me lean over the bed on my knees. And so I ended up going to the bathroom and, and, and I was like, just a little cramp, just a and, and then I wiped and it was light pink. And I was like, well, this is kind of weird. I'm kind of too far along to be light pinking. But I didn't want to make a big deal. I didn't want to be mm-hmm. this drama queen. It was a really great, once again, um, note for me to remember to honor your inner voice. Yeah. Like, uh, but I didn't want to be the drama queen and be like, oh, my God. And so I just I was like, OK, I'm going to just watch it. I called my doctor and she said, well, hey, if you're concerned, come in. But if not, then you can wait till the morning. Um, so she was very supportive. It was my decision. Um, I waited. And when I got up the next morning, when I used the restroom, it was full red. It was oh, like God. I gotten cut. And it was like, oh, my God, what is this? And so my husband took me to the hospital, um, doctor, um, this older white man, um, was, oh, you young mothers, you guys, oh, and I, it was everything I was trying to avoid with being deemed dramatic, and he was talking, and he was giving me a pelvic exam. I said, well, be careful, because I feel like baby is shifting, almost like baby is trying to come out. So he was like, oh, nothing, and his whole, like, hand, when he was doing the pelvic exam, like, slipped, breached uh, my area, and uh, tore my amniotic sac. It's crazy. So what happened? Did you- Badness. Um, a week of um, uh, septic. Uh, I was in Trindillo. So Trindillo is a, I think I'm saying it right, more emails. You're going to get some emails <laughs> about how I, I misspoke on that. I missay all the words. <laughs> okay, so, but it's like this whole old school med- medieval thing where they put your head um, and your feet above your head to try to allow gravity to bring baby, baby back. back in. Um, and my sister and my mom, they drove 10 hours. They did a 10-hour trip probably in seven wow. from Kansas City to Nashville. It's really nine hours, but uh, to get there. And they were by my side with Rodney and all my line sisters and friends um, just around me. I was in that for about seven days until finally my mom walked by and said, oh, there go the baby's feet. <laughs> the baby ready to come out. And so I did a 22-week wow. um, delivery breach. So the Jordan was breached. So it's like C-section yeah. or no, I did vaginal. I was like, you can't cut my stomach open. I need my stomach muscles. Oh, I left that on C-section. Uh, <laughs> I gotta be. Don't get any of the vaginal nonsense. <laughs> no. So is she healthy now? Oh no, passed away probably. Oh no. Okay, day, so two days later. Yeah. Okay, so she was your baby, but that she, was the baby. Okay, that's I what we say, baby saying. Jordan. Baby Jordan. Baby okay. Jordan. But the good news is Kai. So when people think that you go through stuff that you can never get so through. So Jordan was between Phoenix, Phoenix and Kai. Kai. Okay, so Kai's the young, the 12-year-old we're the, talking about. That's where I got Kai's confused. the okay. youngest, yes. Yeah. So okay. we got Phoenix, Jordan, and Kai. And so Kai is always my reminder that there is always, there can be things after. There can yeah. be goodness after. Oh, wow. yeah. There can be. What does Kai mean? Kai means guiding light. Aww. It's equal. So you're very purposeful on her name. Him. Him's boy. name. <laughs> Poor Kai. Why did I'm I think sorry. he said he had three girls? I'm so his confused. His mama's name is Stephanie, and his name is Kai. You did. <laughs> I did it to my son, too. I said, A-A-R-O-N, and he's a Devin, which is done a girl's uh, name. 
You say you're not going to do it. Aaron and Devin. And you do it. Don't you do it your whole life? You're like, why did y'all name me this? And then you do the same thing to your kids. I did it too. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so I mean, but you know, I I feel like I'm a better um, person. I feel like I'm more connected. Do you feel like you're a better mother because of that? I try to be. Uh, we got to get Phoenix and Kyle on the mic. Um, but I bet you are. I mean, I feel like... Because you don't take it for granted. Yeah, you don't. You don't. You, I bet you are. And, and I was on bed rest with, with Kyle for seven months. Wow. Just because of the Jordan I had to get a surplage. Okay. Yeah, I had to get a surplage. So they stitched up my cervix at three months. Um, I ended up later having to get on bed rest because it was still thinning out. Oh, it was wow. just... Thinning, so I only got up on Thursdays. Um, yeah, so Rodney held it down. Do you at least get to pick your day to get up? Why no, Thursdays? Thursday was my. Um, I had to go to the doctor every Thursday. That was your Thursday. That was your doctor day. That was my doctor, and Rodney would have to lean back the chair in the truck, and he would roll down all the windows. And that is how I got all my fresh air. I was so wow. grateful for Thursdays. Wait, how? What? How did that? When Jordan passed away, mm-hmm. how did that affect you and Rodney? What did that do to you and Rodney? You know what? I um, It was funny. We were in, so, you know, for the women and families who have gone through this, um, at least this particular hospital in Nashville was very thoughtful. So typically families that um, their um, infants pass away, they have a whole different mother's ward. Oh, wow. So you are put on a separate ward because you won't hear the cries of other babies. Oh, that is very thoughtful. Yeah. Very thoughtful. Um, And so it's a quiet ward. It's a short ward. Thank that's good. Um, And so um, I remember that night, Rodney got in the gurney with me in the in the hospital bed with me. And I'm sure they probably thought we were crazy. But between praying and sending up high praise, just thanking God, just for the opportunity, just for the blessing of recovery and just speaking probably more of what we want it to happen and want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what, that's what we did that night. And the nurse made a comment. She said, um, I am, I was so happy to see you all together because uh, the, the divorce statistics for couples Hi. that lose children at any point um, is so high. Mm-hmm. And I was, so I was grateful. We didn't know what to do. That is just what we naturally. Were you mad at God? I was, I was trying to figure out what did I do? Like, did I do something wrong? Did I not listen to myself? Did I, um, I don't know. Was I mean to somebody? Like, what did I like? What did I do? Yeah. So I can Make sense of so it. I can know, yeah. right? And and that's what I mean. That's what our brain is meant to do. Our brain is supposed to is is gonna work to make sense out of anything that it comes across. And I was just like, man. So I don't know that I. I don't remember feeling angry. Like, man, forget God. I'm done. I I don't remember having that. Um, and my mom was so present. My mom put Bible verses all over the the room. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> she was just so. Well, can you imagine present. if that was one of your babies? What you oh, would do? Oh my goodness! Like I, she probably went into okay, what do I do mode too? Yeah. Right? Like that's she her never baby's baby. Yeah, she never been through. Yeah. I mean, it was just it was it was. It I think was it's way worse if you watch your kid go through. Oh, it, I right? bet because you feel helpless because yeah. you don't want your baby yeah. to be in pain. 
And then it's just like, so I shout out to everybody um, who just shows love to people. You never know what people are going through. I remember when I was able to get back on my feet and um, I was um, out in the community. Out, I think it was a church or something. And this one woman came up to me. She was like, you are just so strong. I did not feel strong. I did not feel capable. Like I didn't feel, but her speaking that, and that's why perspective matters. Having yeah. a community um, that yeah. can speak positive words. You know, it's so crazy. <laughs> just circling back around. So on the movie that I was just telling uh-huh. about, the other woman, the the woman that the other woman, other woman uh-huh. when she marries the husband, they lose their baby. <gasps> oh my! Right. God. So just circling back around, it all kind of comes oh together my God. here. And how so did that's the what other happens. How did the original wife feel? Was she like nah 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 nah? Well, and then she ends up getting pregnant after they lose the baby. So that's where she with takes the, the perspective. No, with the new oh, husband. Oh, with another with guy. With a new husband. Okay. But that's where she takes the perspective. Oh. So it's a whole thing, but it's just kind of crazy because we were talking about that a mm-hmm. second ago. Mm-hmm. And so you see, and I found myself in bed at 4 a.m. watching this movie crying, I right? Bet. I bet. Going, because I thought we were just going to cheat on our husband and right. it was going to be a whole drama, <laughs> like a have Real Housewives type of drama. Right. But it's just kind of mm-hmm, crazy that that's what mm-hmm. we're just talking about. I didn't tell you that part of the movie. No, yeah. Um, wow. Well, God, you are strong. No. I can't imagine. So I've had one miscarriage, mm. and I grew up with a pastor mother. Mm-hmm. So I was told never to have sex ever until you get married, oh. right? So I had sex. I was 21. I so, thought I was doing good. So like that was the... First time, get mm. pregnant, right? Mm. Then go to the doctor because I'm having all the clotting mm-hmm. and all of that. And uh, my... I was so new to being pregnant yeah. that it just passed itself, right? Mm-hmm. By the time I got to the doctor, I see it as God punishing me because right. I had had sex, right? Because right. I'm 21, I don't know right. life. And that's the narrative that right? you know, we've <laughs> had been given. drilled in my uh-huh. head. Um, and so I never had the mourning period over mm. the, the miscarriage. And that's, that's, um, that's I think, so now I have a lot of friends, especially in my age, that are trying to have babies yeah. or losing babies. And there's a major mourning period. And yeah. I imagine you went through quite a bit of mourning yeah. there, we right? So how long before you got pregnant with Kai? Two years. Two years. <laughs> so what, it, so were you trying to get pregnant again or is this so, one all of a sudden? So with Kai, we had to be intentional um, because I needed, we needed to know when the surgery was going to be. The okay. surgery had to be three months. Um, so during that three month period. And so we actually conceived on Valentine. This is a super cliche story, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we actually conceived on, on Valentine. And so, um, you know, I think that you, the morning, any, any closure, in anything, morning relationships, morning um, broken dreams. I mean, just anything that you wanted or you thought you wanted and you didn't get it. I think it's always good to create that space yeah. Um, because morning is just a recognition of what was wanted and, and not yet realized or, you know. And I imagine you still go through some, right? I mean, you know, I, I, I feel good. Like, do you celebrate birthdays? No, no, no. I mean, May 1st always is going to be important, you know. Um, cause that was, that was a, a big day for our family, yeah. for our faith. Um, so that's always going to be an important day. Um, it's amazing that it's on May day though, right? Know, Which is right? also a new, new, that's right. New and, beginnings, yeah. fresh start. So we, um, so, you know, we, Jordan was cremated and so we have her remains and they, they, the, like I said, the hospital was amazing. They did little footprints Aww. and little handprints in this little clay thing. And so we got that framed. Oh, wow. Um, we had a little memorial at the house where our friends um, could, you know, support us and love us and, and created that space. So, I mean, it was, it was uh, although a very sad 
you know, you wouldn't want it to happen. I felt really good about the process yeah. of it. And they helped with the yeah. going through it. Yeah. It that really is did. pretty amazing. It really did. So it, it, it was able to, 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 you know, how you just put, um, what do you put that triple ointment? It just helped kind of put some ointment on it yeah. so that it could heal right. You'll still have the scar, yeah. but like Moderma, you know, it's like, but it heals right. And I like, I mean, it's okay to see scars um, because it reminds you of what. And so for me, um, you know, seeing little kids or seeing families with three kids, you know, yeah. that's always something. But you got a 17-year-old girl and a 12-year-old boy, so you got your hands full. Yeah. Because I got one 12-year-old boy, I got a little girl. How's that? But we're not in teen years. But this 12-year-old <laughs> age is a whole thing, right? Especially when there's a, he's an extrovert. That's mine. <laughs> Phoenix is an amnivert. She, okay. She's higher introvert characteristics with some extrovert. Is she going through the teen stuff, though? Um, the emotions? Phoenix is kind of low-key. Um, you don't know. You you might not know what she's thinking because she's gonna death stare you like. She's just, <laughs> she's and keeping all that internal. And it's all right here. <laughs> it's all right here. So you just have to go through some question and answering sessions with her. But no, she. You know, Phoenix has always been a pretty cool, chill kid. Um, which you know, so I'd be like, girl, live, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Her mom's kind of an extrovert, though, so maybe she's trying Well, the 12-year-old boy stage, listen, everyone, anytime I meet anyone else doing? that has a 12-year-old boy, right, that's I'm like, are you doing? Keeping up. I'm lucky that I, um, I'm getting married next week. Look at you! Thank you. Um, my son has grown up without a father, and so this is really his first male figure. Oh so now the stuff that drives me crazy, he's like, it's regular boy stuff, Aaron. His, uh, his soon-to-be stepdad, it's regular boy stuff, Aaron. Mm. I'm like... I didn't grow up with brothers, so I don't know, right? Like, they it's stink. weird. Yeah. yeah. Their feet. Oh, my God. Kai's they over. stink. They leave their stuff everywhere. Everywhere. They, it's almost like the teen girl stuff you hear about, yeah. but no one tells you your 12-year-old's going to go through yeah. the emotional. Yeah. All right. I love you, Kai. Yeah, I love you, so, too, Devin, so, but it's weird. <laughs> so, quick question. Will Devin call your husband bonus dad or stepdad? So, he doesn't have a dad at all. So, both my kids have told me. So, Lily um, has a whole other set of parents. My mm -hmm. kids have different dads. I like to learn all my lessons twice. Yeah. So, um, we've talked, and they just call him Mark, okay. and that's what they're cool with. Um, I've overheard them say stepdad to friends, but we don't push because mm -hmm. I've, I've, Lily's fine. She's whatever. Um, she's sick. She's in her own little, mm -hmm. you know, princess world. But, um, Devin, it's like, we did the, um, his dad came and went for a long time before mm -hmm. he left family. Then we decided to do Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Yeah. And Big Brother just moved away one day. So, <laughs> So he's, it took him a long time to even like learn to trust. And so we are, um, we're just working on like, I think once we get married, mm -hmm. that he'll say, uh, Christian's is, phone's doing something. We don't hilarious. know if you hear anything. So it's, it's making noise. And we don't know if you hear stuff in the background. But uh, yeah, right now we're not doing bonus dad. We're just doing Mark. But okay. it is like, they do their own little. Because I have bonus people. Yeah. And we, I started calling them bonus instead of step. Yeah. And, not it's just it could be just semantics, but I was just curious. Yeah, we just do Mark, that. and uh, it works for us. I call my my bonus dad Mike. Mike, yeah, yeah I do. And I, I don't him. have step parents, so I don't know. So I kind of let him kind of figure it out, right? I was like, whatever yeah. you guys want to do, we've kind of taken all of our cues from Lily's stepmom because she's the only one that comes from parents that were, and now my fiance too. But we took all of our original cues from the from our this. kids' step parents. Because, I love this blended yeah, family thing. Yeah, so you it got works for on. us. Okay, I want to talk about. So you just left the white. Yeah. And now you're at Sofic. What's that? So Sofic is a change management um, firm that okay. my husband and I founded um, when we were in Nashville. So around 2007. Oh, wow. Um, and it's just really helping people 
So uh, you guys work together, through. too. Yeah. You got like Rodney. I like him. <laughs> he likes Married for me. a long time. We work together. I like it. Rodney's never asked me to do anything but marry him. So I love nice. him. Yes. Yeah. I love him. He's always created space for me to be. Um, and so I love that. Um, so, but yeah, so that's the change management um, um, firm that we've been doing. Just helping people um, figure out what we call third choice thinking, really figuring out, especially organizations that want to take things to the next level or have a paradigm shift. We walk with them through that. Um, And so most recently it's really been centered around equity and inclusion. Um, Our times have really pressed that and made it an imperative, um, which, you know, I I think that's a great thing um, because these are conversations that we need to have. We need to talk about race, equity and inclusion, and we need to have direct dialogue about it. So that has been um, a great learning and great experience. Um, Love that. And so all throughout my professional career outside of SOFIC, I've, you know, worked at the Y or I've served as a therapist. And so SOFIC has just been running SOFIC on his own or? Well, he's the, he's our, our managing partner. He's our, our lead management partner. Um, But he has his own stuff too. I mean, he's an adjunct professor. So currently he's at UMKC. Oh, wow. Um, He teaches um, in urban education. (laughs) Whenever we want. No. Uh, but yeah, so he does that, and then um, he's been in administration, college administration. Oh wow! So yeah, for twenty plus years. So now are we just devoting more time to Sophic? Yeah, than ever before. Yeah, it's cool. just it's been a it's been amazing how it's just come together. This transition, um, like I said, I, I my fight has always been about eradicating poverty and and figuring out this oppression thing. So at Nourish KC, you're ending the hunger. Okay, so where do you say percentage wise, one to one hundred percent? Where are we at that on that? We're, for Kansas City in particular. For Kansas City, we are um, still at the beginning because I think for a long time, and, the, and Kansas City is not unique to this, we have just been um, feeding people. Mm-hmm. And really addressing hunger is more like a three-pronged approach. I mean, what? why are people hungry? Um, because they don't have stable work um, and because they don't have stable housing. Um, and that can lead to hunger, prolonged mm-hmm. hunger. Um, and so... But if we're just feeding people out of soup kitchens, which are important, um, immediate food access is extremely important. Food pantries, very important. Um, but to really address the Teaching cause, how to fish. yes, right, we've got to really address it systemically. Yeah. And so we think workforce development, we believe workforce development and housing and um, adequate access to healthy food is really uh, the approach and the model that we um, will continue to build uh, to address hunger. I'm always shocked. So I live in Johnson County, right? So Johnson County has all the stereotypes that Johnson County Mm -hmm. has. And the tongue. I don't live in that part of Johnson County. (laughs) (laughs) I live over here off Johnson Drive in in Neiman. And I, so right across from me is a little community center that all the grocery store bring their food on the sell-by date. They bring it there to donate. Mm -hmm. And then people can come in and Mm -hmm. get it for free. And then um, right up the street is a church that does a food bank the the second and fourth Saturday in the month. And I am always shocked at how many people in the middle of Johnson County yep. will stand line. in that line That's right. forever, That's right? right? Here's my question with this. I also believe, so I believe it's systematic. I totally agree 100% mm-hmm. with you. I also believe we're in the best economy time than we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Do we see that affecting that community or is there something more we need to do? Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, as a business owner, I've got to fight for better employees because employees can 
get a job anywhere right right now, right? Well, a lot of my employees have their college degrees and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, so they know that. But do we see the good economy helping out with the systematic problem Mm -hmm. of Uh, hunger? uh, Unfortunately, what we're seeing is the wealth gap is widening. Is it? And so the haves, so people that do have access, that they are gaining more. And the people that have been on the not side are not increasing at the same rate. So, you know, yes, people may be able to find... um, you know, $8, $10, maybe even 11 or $13 an hour um, uh, jobs. However, the housing market is squeezing them out, so there's less spaces and places for mm-hmm. people to be able to have adequate housing. And so it just continues to put more distress on the small amount of money that you do make because either you're constantly moving or you're not able to keep the job or other expenses are going up. And that's another thing to address is benefits cliff. So if I'm making, so so for real, for real, in order for a person with two kids, say, to to be able to have decent housing, they really need to make about $27 an hour. You, so minimum wage is not $27 an hour. It's like, what, eight something? Does anybody know? I don't know. What None it of is, us no. probably in this room know. Um, no. Like for real, legit what it is. But we know it's not. I think it's seven twenty-five. Yeah, I think so. And it, it, they, it was just a vote. So but here's I know the thing. Going I'm going to push back a little bit. Okay? Yeah, do it. Because I want to hear your um, your thoughts on this. I come from this from a very different point of view, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I think I grew up okay. Like, my parents weren't rich. Right. I remember they went through a bankruptcy. They mm-hmm. rented, rented. I think they bought their first house when I was a junior in high school, right? Mm-hmm. Still not a fancy thing. We moved to Gardner because that's where the cheap housing right. is. Right. Um, then I went and made all my own bad decisions and got the mm-hmm. got the cutoff boot or whatever for my family, right? So I end up... No, no college degree. Mm-hmm. Still student loans. No college degree. Mm-hmm. Um, no career. With a baby, with right. a one-year-old, by myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the only job I could get was a secretary at a dental office, and I think I started out at eleven. Uh, no, I, I remember making eleven dollars an hour. It was the best job I could get. Mm-hmm. And here I sit. Pretty good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but here I sit because. I went and I went to, I drove around. I remember one day driving around in a mm-hmm. car that probably cost $2,000 that I had bought through bartending or waitressing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And went to every single little one-off apartment place I could find till I found something mm-hmm. that would take me mm-hmm. with my bad credit, mm-hmm. with my $11 an hour. Mm-hmm. And I end up finding um, an apartment over here, like in a little corner over off Johnson Drive and all over that area, $500 a month, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That's this wasn't good. that long ago. Mm-hmm. You was out there, but hustling, it was like girl. you had. I had to hustle. That's I had right. to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, I one hundred percent agree. There's that mix, but how do we get to where we're like? But you, we got to give you the tools to be able to figure this out. Yeah. Because if I would have just, just, I could have done all this stuff. Even with my mm-hmm. second kid, I think I was making, I was, I was making not much more than eleven dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. But literally, I sat in the hospital, and the only tool they said is you got to go on WIC. And I said, no, I decided to have this kid on my own. Mm-hmm. I just had this thing in my head that I, I had to figure it out because right. I, I was trying to prove everybody wrong. Mm-hmm. And the nurse said, come on, just do it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's there, just do it. And I know to this day if I would have taken the wick right then, mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. personally. It would have been a slippery slope. For it would have been a slope, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be where I am today, okay. right? Because I had to work every day to put that food in my kid's mm-hmm. mouth. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes that meant two jobs. Sometimes mm-hmm. that meant I had, I had Devin in a daycare that – 
I did not trust to save the world. Looking back, I'm mm-hmm. like, like oh. I just prayed every day when I dropped him <laughs> off. Like, I, I, I hope, hope he's, he's okay. Be okay when right? I come back. <laughs> but how do we get that mindset? Because mm-hmm. I imagine that's part of it, right? Yeah. Because once you do take that slippery slope, then sometimes it has to be like, well, I could do all this work. Mm-hmm. Or I could do that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so one, what I'm hearing you say is you had some internal drivers, whether they were your own self-motivation mm-hmm. pieces or even some of your family values that have. Been... I think it was mostly my kids because I didn't have that up until I had a child. Well, well, you know, your your parents or those that may observe you may say otherwise, You even if yeah. you did not do what your parents did you learn from what your experiences taught you right and i don't know what those experiences well i guess yeah like when my dad went bankrupt like they worked you were like back on their feet or even if you said i'm not gonna go bankrupt right that's still an experience for which you took some sort of values or principles from and applied it to your life and so the the conversation about systemic change never um, absolves anyone from personal accountability but this whole concept of bootstrap living is just not, um, it, it has not played itself out historically to really be the case. So I always caution people like, oh, you got to pull yourself up by your own uh, bootstraps. It's like, well. But how do you teach to fish rather than just fish for them? That's what I guess. Oh, I'm absolutely. Asking, right? and, and I think, and so that's the accountability piece that I think is definitely um, um, important. And, and it doesn't, and, and talking about systemic change does not absolve people from that. So how do you do it? I I think that you create space and opportunity for people to do that. And so, like you said, your quest for doing it, there are still so many housing units that could be at the $500 Mm -hmm. rate. And so as a community, we have to make sure that there is more, um, 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 oh, goodness, what do you call it? Options. More. Yes. Cost-effective options. I'll just say that. I couldn't think of the word. But more cost-effective options for people because there are only so many $500 units. Yeah. And so I would be curious about what other condition your neighbors were in around you because there's only so many. And what happens is if you can't find it there, then that would have either pushed you to Wyandotte County or would have pushed you back into Gardner. I mean, it would put, and only if you would have the resources to extend that reach would you have made it. Otherwise, yeah. you would have. So what I'm saying is that is a short, that's a small bucket of people who can do that. So what about everybody else? Because the poverty is only 1%. Yeah. Right. Not one percent poverty. There's only one percent wealth. <laughs> yeah. That means all the rest of us percent. Yeah. Are swelling around and you just don't. There's not enough supply within that to be able to accommodate all of us. That's why it squeezes. Has the downtown stuff really hurt the with all of the downtown? Yeah. The redevelopment. Yeah. I think that if we are not intentional and and make sure that city council and others are ensuring that there is um mixed development properties down there everything can't be twelve hundred dollars it's expensive every new apartment it's cost more down there to live than when i lived in dallas i mean you know it's 600 800 1200 2000 and so um but i mean we've seen this we we can you can read any book about gentrification and we can learn a lot about it and i think i mean that's where we have to stand up everyday people have to say something and be a part of that process of change because otherwise It'll be 
once again, everybody having to drive back into the downtown. Um, and I, I'm all about redevelopment. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just did a $19 million project, right? On 31st yeah. and, and, and Linwood in but Kansas City, Missouri. You got to be conscious. And you have to, um, and, 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 and we didn't do it perfectly by no means. I'm sure there's some people that are listening, be like, well, <laughs> what about my auntie's house? You know, so I get it. You know, we didn't do it perfectly, but you have to be conscious. And it's a ton of education that goes um, in home ownership um and just all that how to take care of your money like what are we teaching in schools i mean we should have we should have financial adulting class that's going around Uh -uh. i I saw it viral um it's a class that they brought to a couple high schools i think it was on the east coast and now they're trying to push it but it's an adulting class just about the stuff that you don't learn like i think you gotta pay your taxes this is how balance your checkbook this is how you set up your utilities (laughs) this is how like this is how you do it budgeting yeah and I don't know why we've never done it. I that. feel that way about home ec. I loved home ec. And they don't I, have it anymore. No. I remember taking home ec. I they remember barely have music and arts anymore. I remember learning how to hem my pants to, to sew buttons. Oh, I didn't take that. I mean, I stopped. Girl, that, but... see? That's I, what I'm saying. I was in the journalism <laughs> class. I should have been in home ec looking back. It teaches self-efficacy. <laughs> if you could do one thing, then you say, I can do all things. I have a question. So you talk about wanting to be part of that change. you ever see yourself running for office down there? Ooh. Are you a Kansas City resident? I'm Kansas City, Missouri. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep, so you yep, ever yep, see yep. yourself while we're looking at this mayor race and stuff like that? Ooh. Not that you'll be running right now, but do you ever see yourself? Oh. No? no I, mean, I don't. I don't. I don't. What about you? Oh, girl. Oh, well, you could I give used, it a go. It used to be a strong no because I had so many skeletons like... in my closet. <laughs> but girl, but you should tell them. After this presidential race, you just, <laughs> you just say them and you, you can run for anything. I don't know. I don't know. That's I'm, a good uh, answer. That's my answer. I don't know what I'm going to be doing next year, right? I've got a plan, but next everything year. changes. No, I'm not saying next year. <laughs> run, but, you know, i got a plan every year. Like, our that's release right. runs up here. we got one year left. What are we going to do next, right? Oh, so you got to keep this. i got this a plan. I like this. this I like the this way we've done dope. our office. This but is awesome. um, I'm not going to say never to anything. I love that. Said. Well, so, I'm going to say no. I'm going to give you a hard no. Hard no? All right. Well, we're going to have Who this Who knows? On. <laughs> we're going to have this on recording, so... <laughs> John erased everything, the last 10-second playback. Thank you. All right. What's one more thing our listeners should know? Why did you say yes to coming on this podcast? What's the one thing you wanted people to know about you? First of all, shout out to you guys. Thank you. I love the the um, what felt like randomness to me, but what I believe about my life is nothing is ever random. Mm-hmm. It all comes together. So thank you, um, all, the collective, um, for being thoughtful and, and asking me. Um, I guess one thing is I think what we've been talking about, do it. I mean, yeah. you guys sent out the invitation i was like sure uh so do it um and and live boldly um cry when you want to laugh when you need to yeah. i mean just kind of like you talked about find yourself a rodney find yourself a rodney what's up <laughs> <laughs> can rodney hang out with mark <laughs> a double date. we can do that <laughs> You're going to have to make him listen to this. I don't know what to say. No, but live free. I think that. And I I really appreciate the energy spirit that's in here. You guys seem uh, real. Awesome. Thank you. Real real, real live and free. (laughs) 
<laughs> Next time we'll have more margaritas. How about that? We were down to one and we split it. So Sisterhood. All right. That is it for this week's cocktail hour. Do you want to hear from your favorite local businesswoman? Do you know a woman in business who is shaking shit up? Send your recommendations to HeyGirl at CocktailHourPodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends. We share our stories to motivate and inspire you. So spread the love around. Until next time, I'm Erin Folk. Keep your class and your glass raised and we'll see you at the next cocktail hour. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you.